All right, welcome back to another episode of Generally Assembled, your favorite House Republican podcast. Actually, you know what? Probably just your favorite Pennsylvania government podcast. No, there's other ones, other alternate brands out there. Could just be your favorite podcast, period. Uh, I don't think, though. I don't think anybody's my favorite, favorite podcast. It's my favorite podcast. All right. Well, if you're Neil, it's your favorite podcast. Anyway, <laughs> Jason, joined by Neil, and we're uh, also welcomed by our first, I think, repeat guest, other than Representative Topper, Representative Greg Rothman. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Again. No Again. Uh, so we do like to start off with just a little bit of what's going on, and you're a huge baseball guy. So what, what 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 do you see at the beginning of the season here so far? The Dodgers are 8-2. and two. They've got, like, instead of the All-Star game this summer, the Dodgers are just going to send their lineup to the uh, <laughs> represent the National League. And the Senators are winning, which is great. So come out to the ballpark and see the Senators next week. And uh, I'm just happy baseball is being played again, even though it's snowing in Cumberland County. What do, you, what do you think about some of the rule changes? I, I, you know, I, I was a big fan of the National League not having the designated hitter. Yeah, we're conservatives. We're, yeah. we're constitutional fundamentalists, yes. But look, people want to see runs scored, so why not? Yeah, you know, I was, I was thinking last night, and I can't remember the exact analogy, but, you know, in a lot of the organizations that I've been a part of uh, outside of here that I volunteer in, it's usually run by uh, people who are much older than myself. And everybody's trying to figure out how they can get younger people. So they're like, you know what we need to do? We need to change how we're governed. That'll get more people in here. And I, I see like baseball f- like finding that same mistake. Like rather than like, you know, baseball used to be such identify such an identifiable sport. Like, you know, the players made the same amount of money as as the average person. You know, you could sit on the bus next to you know the 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 guy who was in the starting lineup for the Yankees. You know, I don't know where baseball and like the NFL lo- sort of departed in terms of how much people are invested in the outcome but i don't think the rules changes necessarily are the ones that are going to do that even i don't even think speeding up the game is going to do that no but the games do are long and if you're a dodger fan like i am you got to turn the game on at 10 10 which means you're up at one o'clock in the morning someone said hey how's this guy pitching uh, the new relief pitcher for the dodgers i said i haven't seen him yet i fall asleep <laughs> before the game's over so. all right well serious well, stuff wait did you watch spider-man yet i did Spider-Man? All right, i did over the weekend it was it was definitely worth the wait. It was uh, I really enjoyed it. Would encourage everybody to watch it. Have you seen it yet? No. You should. No. Although maybe you're waiting for it to come down from like a six dollar rental on Comcast. No, I'm waiting for it to get on Disney Plus. <laughs> That's gonna be. A I wait. still have my Disney subscription. Uh, the, you're the, the only one left in America. With well, it. you know, look, the perils of having a toddler is uh, you need. You know, like, look, where else am I gonna get? Where else am I gonna get my cars at? <laughs> you know, cars, cars two, cars three, airplanes, plane. Are these just planes? Lightning McQueen has a very important role to play in my family. And, uh, well, I can't say no to myself. But another exciting development this week, they dropped the teaser trailer for the fourth Thor movie. Yes, and they started running uh, previews for uh, uh, The Multiverse of Madness, which is also looking uh, very exciting. In theaters in May. Is this a political podcast, or I just stumble upon it? Uh, it, uh, Well, you know, we we wonder that ourselves. Okay. Um, (laughs) Going back to what you were talking about, though, with uh, baseball and changing the rules, like, don't you think that that's kind of emblematic of, of, of society as a whole in, in America right now. Like, if you don't get the result that you want, change the rules. Or it's, it's at least being driven by the left, right? You've got are, these groups that want to change the electoral college. about these participation trophy liberals again, Neil? I am, because <laughs> I just enjoy their commentary on Twitter. <laughs> but no, I mean, like, that's we're seeing so much of that. Like, at the national yeah, le- sure. level, people want to change the electoral college. They want to change, you know, things that were carefully Only thought out. <laughs> carefully thought out by the framers of our constitution to to actually slow government right gerrymander is now gerrymandering is now okay it's celebrated 
Yeah, gerrymandering. I mean, I mean, the Hill ran an op-ed that said gerrymandering is okay as long as you're a Democrat. That's right. As long as Democrats, right. as long as Democrats Change do it, it's rules. fine. Change yeah, that's it's. Uh, I think we are sort of at a, a a crossroads. And look, I think if if just so happens that there's a Democrat majority in the General Assembly ever again, that all of a sudden these conversations are going to go away. Yeah. Um, you're no mm-hmm. longer going to hear anybody talking about the need to change rules. You're no longer going to talk about how. Hey, when we when we have a Republican governor, we're going to start. They're going to start saying we need to put constraints on the governor, right? I mean, that's now, that, that that's the problem with being a hypocrite, is that someday you're not going to be in charge, and then then you'll rue it. So, well, uh, look, I think one of the things that we've been working on here over the last uh, couple of weeks has been, you know, a real focus on students. There, I was asked by a reporter relative to the funding of one of our state-related universities, I said, look, there's an, a long, ongoing discussion in our caucus and a, among members of the General Assembly in how to better fund education and how to make sure we're funding students and not institutions and we're empowering families. And that, that's been a huge topic of discussion throughout this legislative session across the country. Um, and we've really seen a national trend away from just look at, like, you could do everything. You could look at what happened over the, over the, the, the course of the pandemic where you had teachers unions and other, you know, special interest groups who were less concerned with educating students than they were concerned about making a political point or uh, driving forward a left-wing agenda or trying to please their donors. Yeah, and and it's, uh, you're absolutely right. And and that COVID, if anything, exposed the fact that uh, there are failures in the public education system. And, and not necessarily the teachers, but the, the, the actual system, because there are a lot of good teachers, especially in, in my district that I represent. But I think one of the big problems is the Pennsylvania School Boards Association. All right. And I've been doing some research. So I have a game. You have a game? I have a game I want to play. All right. Oh, a new game. So <laughs> I thought that PSBA was different than PSEA. So I have some statements from the different organizations. You guys can guess which, who said what. So which organization opposed Andrew Lewis's House Bill 1332, which require curriculum transparency, PSBA or PSEA? I would say PSEA. We say both? Well, PSBA opposed it. Uh, how about Why? citizenship? Yeah, I know. That's a good question. I mean, I, I, and then the governor vetoed that bill, the by the way. We should, we should yeah. mention Why? that. And this, this is actually passed in, in I think, like 30 it's states. It's a federal law. You, right. have to rec- you have to give your curriculum to a parent that asks. You right. just don't have to put it online. Look, there isn't a restaurant in Cumberland County that's menu is not online. But right. for some reason, we can't put curriculum online. Yeah, it's silly. Uh, the citizenship exam that Karen Boback passed, House Bill 564, who opposed it? PSEA or PSBA? PSEA. No, PSBA opposed it. Again, why? How about... Because if there were more good citizens, they might run against them for school board. How about a bill... Who's who's who's, uh, who's supporting a bill to eliminate political party identification and partisan elections? I would say PSBA on that. Yes. Despite the fact that 450 of the 500 school districts are controlled by Republicans and are in Republican areas, they want to eliminate party ID. Because they want to say take the politics out of public education you Just know like, i do much better when this is uh pa dems or san francisco yeah, i know okay <laughs> <laughs> all right last all right, one all right pennsylvania school boards or san francisco new game <laughs> uh, anyway i it, look i really thought psea was about the teachers and psba was about the students and about the taxpayers but it turns out they're 
they're both about a system that's just not working. And that's why they oppose vouchers. And that's why they, they're, and you've seen it from the top down, from Joe Biden all the way down, trying to destroy the school choice. It's a defunding school choice, which, look, there are, you know, I've got five kids. They all learn differently. And they all should have an opportunity to, to go to whatever school they want uh, that meets their needs. And that's what the Democrats over and over again say. It's your zip code shouldn't control your, the quality of your education. Well, we have a way to fix that, and that's school choice. Well, and, and we've, you know, we've been talking here for a, a little while uh, about, you know, we're not opposed to public schools. What we want is to make sure that people are getting, or children are getting the best education available to them, uh, whether that's not only K through 12, but also at the higher education level, and that, that they are afforded the ability to go seek that out. You know, this is really about, and again, let's, let's, let's just take a step back to lessons, lessons we learned during the pandemic. You know, I have a, 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 a close family friend. They have three kids. They were all at home after their school went, went virtual. One wasn't in school, so we'll, we'll take that out. Um, but one was do, doing cyber and did much better because they were bullied at school. They had so much more going on at school uh, than just learning. And so they flourished being uh, in, in cyber education. They would uh, do their lessons. They weren't distracted. They weren't feeling bad about themselves. They didn't feel ostracized. They weren't going through the social pressures that, that come with, the, with school. Their other kid did terribly because they thrive in a social environment. They, yeah. they need to be in school. They need the extracurriculars. And that allows them to focus on their work more so than just sitting in front of a computer. This is not a way of saying we, we don't think that this model works. By and large, public education is going to work for most people. But if it doesn't, if there's something that you're seeking out, if you want something different, we, we have public schools. We have traditional public schools. We have char charter schools, which are also uh, public schools and cyber charters. Uh, and then we also have uh, private schools. And look, during the pandemic, private schools, by and large, were open. They were providing in-person education to the people that needed it. People weren't being left behind. Go ahead. Well, as I said, the, but the, the problem is, is the narrative that comes out from Governor Wolf's office and from the Democrats assumes that education is like some zero-sum game, where you, if you're going to have good private schools and good charter school options, that that somehow takes away from the public schools. We can have it all. We can have good public schools. We can have good charter schools and good private schools and allow parents and students to pick that environment, just like you were talking about, that, that best suits that kid so that every kid in Pennsylvania has the opportunity to succeed and become successful and, and grow. Yeah, and, and it's a free market principle. I mean, competition makes everybody better. It always, it's always the case. And it, again, I mean, kids learn differently. So I went to public schools. I did great. I mean, I did fine. Um, my kids, I've all gone to public schools. But during the pandemic, the kids in the city of Harrisburg uh, were not learning, and they were already behind pre-pandemic. Can you imagine where they are now? And we don't know because the governor has slow walked the assessment results, and we've stopped doing testing. Um, but but we're going to find out that um, you know we've we've really let down a bunch of kids, and that's my concern. Um, and then this idea that if I, I use this analogy in caucus one day, if you had a restaurant, you had a, were serving a hundred people. And all of a sudden, 10 of them were going across the street and eating at your competitor's restaurant, and you still got a third of their check and got a third of the money, you could actually make money on that deal. And that's what happens when kids go to these cyber schools or charter schools. The schools are still getting um, I, I, probably a third of, the, of yeah. the amount of money. per, And there has to be a relation between the number of students and how much per student it costs. There has to be. There's a correlation. So. Well, and, and I think the, there's an IFO report that the, uh, the Democrats uh, have gone to great lengths to quash that basically said, 
uh, there is no correlation between the amount of state funding in public education and outcomes, um, right. which is, I, I think, everything that everybody needs to know, right? This is, it's not about throwing money at the situation. It's suiting the education for the child. It's suiting the education for the family uh, and making sure that there are options available where, you know, look, if you look at what's going on in Florida, they're trying to remove indoctrination and uh, extracurricular <laughs> curriculum uh, conversations that uh, are happening in the classroom. They're trying to make sure that families are empowered. Um, what what more could you want out of an education system that actually, you know, look, this is something that, that Tom Wolf pro- promised and hasn't delivered on. Schools that teach. Yeah. Schools should be teaching he, students. He, he, he also told the, the, you know, the two big lies in Pennsylvania education. Uh, he repeated last week that, mm-hmm. that, that Corbett had cut a billion dollars from education, which is a total lie. It's been totally defunct it was a one-time amount from the it was the obama administration that stopped giving the extra billion dollars if you want to blame someone but the other lie is that we're 45th in the country in state commitment to public education because we leave out the fact that half of the money that goes into public schools comes from local taxes now i'm uh i'm I'm becoming a convert maybe we should get rid of state real estate taxes that go to public schools and we should you know just have all the money come from the state yeah, I mean, look, I think when, when you're um, looking at the overall amount of state of education funding, uh, the amount that we put into our schools, I think we're somewhere in the top 10 when you look at overall funding. Yeah, um, six, seven. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's We're, we're it's top, really top five in uh, teacher salary, top five in uh, benefits, top five in starting salaries. Uh, and then the other thing is they say when it comes to higher education that, that we, don't, we don't give enough. We're, we're in the bottom, you know, five. But that's because... It's not a gross number. It's a number per student. And Pennsylvania, maybe second only to California, has more colleges, more people coming here to school. So they want the residents of Pennsylvania to pay for the kids who come into Pennsylvania to go to school. Well, so the House Democrats had a press conference again, um, I think last week, where they were standing in front of the Capitol calling for you know, a billion and a half increase in funding for, for schools. And, you know, they want to use some of the one-time federal money to do that. And that goes right back to the mistake under the Rendell administration of taking one-time federal money, plugging it into school districts, and then it goes away the next year, and school districts claim there was a cut. And once again, Joanna McClinton, the Democratic leader at this press conference, was ta- you know started using the emotional appeal. We could finally deal with the lead issues in the Philadelphia school district. We can finally clean up the Philadelphia schools. Well, here's the question I have. I mean, this has been an issue for decades in Philadelphia. Where is the local leadership? And who's being held accountable for allowing the schools to get in that situation in the first place? The second question the I have is... The local leaders in Philadelphia are just too busy turning their backs on violent crime. Yeah. Well, well, and, and lead was banned. Lead was banned in 1976 <laughs> in America. So. Right, and and the other thing is, 77. In addition to the federal money that the state has gotten, they already got their own. Yeah, they there was over direct. over five billion dollars that was set aside directly to school districts, and there's still five billion dollars sitting at PDE. The money hasn't even been spent yet, and they're asking for more. All right. Well, look. Uh, well, I mean, there's there's one rule. Can't talk about Fight Club. No, you can talk about Fight Club. It's a great movie. I did see Father Stew last night. Oh, was how was that? It was very good, except for I didn't make it. Uh, I, I left at nine o'clock. I, I was falling asleep. It's a long movie. It was like one of your one of your parishes playing it or something? No, I saw it at uh, in Hampton Township at oh. the Simpson Ferry. Oh, really? Here. Yeah, it's seven fifteen show, but it does. It's seven fifteen show. It didn't start till seven forty, and mm-hmm. by nine o'clock, which is usually when I'm asleep, I was falling asleep. And but it's a good movie. You should see it. Wahlberg's great. Okay, add it to the list. Father Stu. The Wahlbergs uh, are very, you know, prominent Catholics, and they, they it's it's nice to see 
him invest money in in a in a movie like and and take part in something and add his star power to a, a movie like Father Stew and you know as someone who was uh, for about three and a half years a Montanan, very excited that uh, the father Father Stew has a uh, large role. He was a priest of the Diocese of uh, Helena, and it's a very interesting, inspiring story. Oh, he, I didn't know that. In yeah. Montana. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, he yeah, that's where he was originally from. Then I think he moved to California, and then uh, Hollywood. He, yeah. he moved back. Yep. Yeah, very, uh, very, very, very. And Mel Gibson's story. in it. Mel Gibson's his father. Yeah, although I'm not entirely sure how I feel about Mel Gibson these days because he was like on a direct to AMC Plus movie. Also, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't. You got to bounce back somehow. Uh, look, real, real quick, we are in session uh, again next week. Uh, I think we'll have a very robust uh, agenda. We have this great smart justice package of bills that we're going to be running, and I think it's it's very important. And I was telling a reporter about this yesterday. We don't have a problem of not being tough on crime here in Pennsylvania. Our criminal laws, uh, our gun background check laws, are some of the most stringent in the entire country. NBC News, uh, part of the mainstream media, said our gun background check law is a national model. We don't have a problem with not enough laws on the books. We have a problem with left-wing major city leaders and woke prosecutors not enforcing the laws we have. Sure. Um, this is a problem of enforcement, so this this package of bills will uh, ensure, uh, help incentivize enforcement of the current laws, provide crime victims the rights to which they deserve, and uh, help bolster our cybersecurity uh, provisions. So uh, it's going to be a really good package of bills. I expect that to be uh, Monday and Tuesday next week, um, because Pennsylvanians deserve to have safe communities, and that's what we're going to be providing. We, we're about communities, we're about families, uh, and we're about growing Pennsylvania. You can't do that in a place that's not safe. Uh, just look at Philadelphia and uh, what's happening there. Nobody wants to go to Philadelphia right now. Nobody. No yeah. businesses, no people, no tourists, nobody. And then, look, we're going to take a look at our, our tax structure and uh, ways in which we can incentivize job growth and, uh, you know, continue this discussion on education and making sure that we're being fiscally responsible, standing up for taxpayers. It's be a good week. be a good lead into uh, to the budget. So. Yeah, budget's going to be coming up. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, all too soon. All right. I think that's it for the week. Just want to say hi to Ruth Topper. Yeah, Ruth Topper, biggest fan. Jesse Topper's mom. Uh, yeah, and you know we'll start. Yeah, I don't know if we've covered that, but uh, apparently she referred to me as you know your handsome friend in the legislature. She that's how she referred to me, your handsome colleague, the guy with the handsome voice. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. Yeah, all right, Representative Greg Rothman, thanks for being here. Uh, Neil Lesher, Jason Gottesman, as always. Uh, you can find this podcast generally assembled where all your favorite House Republican podcasts are found. www.pahousegop.com slash my podcasts. Uh, you can also find us on Spotify, Google, and Apple. Well, that's generally assembled for this week. We will talk to you all again next week. We're out.